0: Snippet, the short podcast platform.
1: Welcome to The Awakening Code, a new show from Snippet featuring conversations around the process we call awakening and living more consciously
0: and on purpose. This week, we're thrilled to be joined by Jonathan Goldman, a true pioneer in the realm of frequency and vibration. We start off with a conversation about healing frequencies.
1: Indeed, we really needed to be cautious about, uh, if you like, codifying one frequency or a set of frequencies as being the healing set of frequencies, simply because there are a gazillion different sounds on our planet and on all the multiverses, if you like. And indeed, it's like a sonic smorgasbord all these different sounds have all these different purposes and they re- react and they resonate with different people at different times so we need to really be fluid about the whole nature of sound and then really bring into if you like consciousness or bring to awareness the idea of intentionality being encoded upon a sound and that really if you like through that formula that was created by me close to 40 years ago, frequency plus intent equals healing, that literally, uh, I think, is, is a major key that more and more people are really picking up on, the power of intent. It seems as though, lately, the major focus of intention in terms of how to make it healing, how to make it a really positive, beneficial sound, is simply to encoded with love and gratitude. We are right now in this incredible divisive, uh, level of consciousness and, um, Regardless of which side you're on, you're either sitting there smugly going, well, we won, and ha-ha, or else "Oh, we're going to get back in power or whatnot. And how absurd is this? We need to be in a state of oneness and unity. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, all our spiritual masters have been telling us, all our great um, quantum physicists tell us this as well. You know, it's really being in a state of oneness, and oneness I'd like to believe, occurs through frequency, but I believe it's a combination of frequency plus intent, which is like, if you like, a quantum uh, level of uh, vibration.
0: Yeah. You can't have a th- a, even a concept of harmony if you only have one tone that's what came through so we can have our differences of opinions and actually need them right because you need multiple voices just like you need multiple keys on a piano mm-hmm. because if you only have one you're not going to get the beautiful harmonic combinations so that's a beautiful way to look at it, is like you can have your opinion i can have mine they can have or theirs over there let's see if how we can build harmony through in this experience of multiple voices rather than dichotomy and mm-hmm. dissonance and you know just this awful sound, there doesn't need to be the dissonance just because we have differing opinions
1: but I would just like to uh A, agree with you totally and also uh, for some reason, some little voice is saying, "Ah, what Eric is saying is so true about the unique individual, but when you for some reason get groups together, they have a consciousness that oftentimes does not belay the human condition, i.e. it sometimes can uh, really get down to, indeed, if you want to call it the reptilian brain or whatnot, but, you know, mobs and masses of people who would normally, one-on-one, they might be your friend, but if they get into a crowd, all of a sudden they're ganging up on you, and uh, I don't
0: get it. And then, so the second point I was going to make of how significant— Um, sound and vibration are with intention with the combination of intention is you can more or less go to any address any religion Uh, it doesn't matter where in the world it is or when it was founded and you're going to find a sound component to it whether it's chant or gongs or bells or didgeridoo or something like that you're you're going to see these giant um, temples built all over the world that seem like frequency, you know, modulators or amplifiers. There is something that our ancestors knew about the significance of sound and vibration combined with a spirit quest. And not that many people, I think, are addressing it in that way anymore. We still, when we go to church, you know, there's worship teams and you do sing. But I think it's people like Jonathan that are. Keeping our minds focused on the prize that frequency and intention are the combination um, working together that's going to, or potentially can really shift things.
1: If you think about it, prayer, which is oftentimes very, very, oftentimes you like to think of it as being heart centered, some sort of, shall we say, offering or do, uh, resonance with the divine, but the prayers on our planet. Or for the most part, usually vocalized. They're whispered, chanted, sung, spoken, and then you, of course, can add the musical element of prayer. And But the reason for that, from my perspective, is that, and we'll talk about this a little bit more later, but oftentimes the electromagnetic field that we have between our heart and our brain gets into a state of coherence, which is another word for unity, when we are you know, doing some nice deep breathing, which happens when we are making sound and also happens when we are in a state of gratitude. And then when you add, if you like the element of sound, you tonify a, uh, a prayer, you, uh, vocalize it, you speak it, you whisper it, you chant it, etc. or you play it on an instrument or a series of instruments. What you're doing is you're amplifying this field even more. And I think one of the reasons this happens also is that sound, uh, focuses our intention even more so they go hand in hand you can't have one without the other but it's like you know what can we do to build up and make more shall we say amplified and enhanced our uh, ability to create positive vibrations some years ago I used to live up in the mountains outside of Boulder. I remember I was coming uh, back from a teaching in Boulder. I had a school of sound. It was back probably in the 1990s. And there I am going up one of the ten most dangerous, well tra- well-traveled but dangerous roads on, uh, in the United States. And I went from Boulder to a place called Netherland up in the mountains and a really curvy, windy road. And there it is, a snowstorm. And it's like, oh, my goodness gracious. So I figured, okay, let me chill out and put on some uh, relaxing music. But unfortunately, Eric, what I needed right then and there was to be spot on in terms of having the adrenaline go and keeping me really, really glued and... um, Straight on the uh, road so that I wouldn't like just chill out too much and uh, you know uh, <laughs> drive off the cliff. Right. And so uh, you know after about two minutes, I realized that that was going to do it. So I believe I put on the Rolling Stones or Jimi Hendrix really loud because mm-hmm. also loud music basically it stimulates the fight or flight response and uh, causes the release of adrenaline, which I really wanted at that time because I'm driving the snowstorm up this thing and I made it up obviously to the uh, you know top of the mountains. But uh, I didn't use it, using relaxing music and you know music designed to put to, to chill you out because I didn't want to be chilled out oh at my that God, point I in love time. This in space, story. Yeah. love it. I would have put on Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> I totally, yeah, there you I go. Totally would have put on Led Zeppelin. <laughs> if music is a nourishment, then we don't necessarily want to be eating caviar, steak, or soybeans all the time. We <laughs> want a variety of different things, and for myself. You know, I just, uh, classical music, the blues, Led Zeppelin, jazz, um, you know, you name it, country, because it's all really cool. And uh, what a a bore it would be if there was no music on the planet, but also on a level, I'd like to suggest to people that they try to open up their horizons with listening to different types of music. Because when you do that, believe it or not, you open up different aspects of uh, not only the uh, neural synaptic connections in your brain, but your entire suite of being able to resonate uh, through the auditory uh, pathways of your ears, so just listening to different things. And once again, we don't have to like it, and we don't necessarily have to listen to it, but I'm sure that if people gave it a chance, they'd find a whole lot of different types of music that they resonate with. We'll be right back for more of our conversation with Jonathan Goldman.
0: Welcome back to the Awakening Code. Our conversation with Jonathan Goldman continues. We are fairly unique on this planet. When we talk about the ability to create frequency, to create tone. we have a voice box that many animals, most animals do not have. And that makes us, if you're wondering like, do you need an instrument? Do you need an electronic piece of equipment? Do you need something? No, you have the device built into your physiology where you can create tone and you can hum or you can sing and that's uh i think truly what makes it seem obvious to us how significant frequency is to us because we go to these different religions and we see people holding these droning tones we see monks chanting um obviously there is a knowingness of the power of frequency, but beyond that, and we can create it in a way that other animals on this planet cannot. And I think I learned that from you.
1: If I can just take this a step further, and that was brilliant, certainly, okay? <laughs> but so well, well worth a thought. <laughs> but, um, you know, talking about, I mean, this leads into a number of different things. So I'm going to try to take it because there are like about 100 uh, thoughts occurring simultaneously. One of them is simply that the... In so many of the different spiritual traditions, the, if you like, linking center or part of the body that links the heart and the brain, the, the brain and the heart, the mind and the heart, is sound, is the voice, is the, i.e., voice box. And I um, want to talk about, of course, the importance of humming in a minute. But I did also want to just, as you were saying that, cause I, and I don't know what this means. I'll share this with you, though. As you know I'm one of the um people on the planet that's been given the ability to do the the Tibetan deep voice. Oh that and, was cool. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> And I remember I was with a dear friend who was a uh, chiropractor at one point, and for some reason, we figured out, because nobody really, you know, I I, I gained the ability to do it, and I've been able to teach uh, some people but that's not my purpose. It was like, how is that, you know, uh, able to happen? It happens through the resonance of the, check this out, I'm giving out a major secret I've been holding on to for 30 years. Mm. It happens through the resonance of the hyoid bone, which is ultimately what is the voice box. It is the only free-floating bone in the body.
0: What's it called again? The
1: hyoid, H-Y-O-I-D. It's You'll find that. It's the larynx in the voice box hmm. is there. And um, just as a goof, I'll do the sound for a second, and then I'll, I'll stop my hyoid, hyoid bone, and you'll hear what the sound looks. sounds like. <clears throat> so you could you could hear that the resonance was coming through this bone that's the free floating blo- bone that's resonating in my uh
0: that's when when we hear like the Mongolian throat singers and stuff is that's what's vibrating is that hyoid
1: bone yeah and that's a that, that, of course that's the lower part then there's also the higher and i'm I'm not gonna do it now the higher uh, harmonics which is a whole another thing uh that at some point uh the concept of harmonics is my first book, published in 1992, it's called Healing Sounds, The Power of Harmonics. And I, a few weeks ago, woke up with the idea that I was going to write another book, uh, which is going to be a very simple book about, first of all, just defining the concept of harmonics, because that was one of the things I would teach harmonic singing with my wife in workshops, and it's a it's an extraordinary thing of how to create multiple tones, just uh, we're working with um, your voice. And of course, I'm thinking you're probably going to play a, a cut from our Ascension Harmonics, which are <laughs> which is which is basically uh, you know Tibetan uh, bells and vocal harmonics. But the thing is, most people do not know really what a harmonic is. And in fact, most people use the term. If I were to say, you know, do you know what a uh, harmonic is? Uh, you might say, well, it's uh, wh- what it technically is, a harmonic is uh, basically the smallest portion of sound that can exist. It is, a, if you like, quantum in nature, and it is uh, every sound that we make, except for tuning forks, uh, which are pretty close to being what they call sine waves. Every sound that we make, our our voice, every instrument, etc., are a series of multiple frequencies happening at the same time. And they're happening at the same time, and these multiple frequencies are geometrically related. They're actually uh, related by a whole number of ratios, uh, and this is where people start blanking out and they're going what's he talking about bottom line is that they are, they represent the color of sound so just as you can take a prism hold it into clear light and get it reflecting into the different levels of the electromagnetic spectrum i e color okay in the same way every sound that you hear is a composite frequency number of different frequencies all together and the particular harmonics in that frequency that are stressed and they're called formants but that's what causes sound to sound like it is and that's what causes our individual voices of which our voices are as unique as our fingerprints and every voice is unique and different that's because the particular percentage of what harmonics are sounding is different and strange and it's so very important And I want people to understand that because once they understand about the concept of harmonics really, rather than using it metaphorically as meaning that something is harmonious, which is beautiful, but really what harmonics mean are the fact that there are these multiple sounds or multiple, if like, you know, realities simultaneously occurring. And most people don't know that when they finally do it, literally blows their mind and opens them up into whole other levels of consciousness. I want to talk for just a second about the power of the hum. I was just seeing an ad on Facebook for some sort of device that was uh, basically, you it uh, created an acoustic resonance in your sinus chamber in order to uh, basically work with sinusitis. And the thing is that, If you hum, you get the, among other things, but humming is the sound everybody can make, and if you hum, you get the release, among other things, of nitric oxide, which is not only a vasodilator, but it's an antiviral agent and is very, very useful for not only the treatment of uh, sinusitis, but if you think about the fact that a lot of nasty uh, critters lodge themselves in the nasal cavity before they encode themselves in other parts of the body, if you just... Hum, which is what my book, The Humming, I wrote with my wife, Andy, our book, The Humming Effect, is about. And I just thought, okay, so they're trying to take the fact that you got this, uh, you know, ability to create this yourself. And now they're selling it as it was like, you know, a 70 or a hundred dollar device. But you can do it yourself.
0: We are potentially able to to medicate ourselves with our own frequency. um, And I found that one that would do it for me. And I've done it many times since.
1: That's brilliant, Eric. That's brilliant. That's, uh, you know, we have in the humming effect uh, that as an exercise, you know, humming your spine, and uh, it's very, the fact that you were able to do it on probably a single tone is very cool and very, if you like, uh, advanced work in the humming. So you're becoming a, a master hummer because you're doing that really with your intentionality. shift. Just you know, with regard to humming and just another little fun thing for people to try. Um, because when you hum, you actually need to close your lips. And um, a lot of people don't know this, so I'm going to say everybody who's listening, I want you to basically... Um, Hum for a moment and then pinch your nose. I'm going to do this right now. Mm. And you can't hum if your nose is pinched, uh, because your lips are closed, and the sound is, that's why the hum is the most powerful vibroacoustic sound, which means that it creates an internal massage, as you were saying, Eric, but I'm saying, okay, if you didn't know that about the hum, and most people don't, I say, do you think maybe there are other things about the hum that you don't know? Because, for example, I'm just, I'm i I'm going to roll in this one. Just a few weeks ago, someone sent me an article where astrophysicists and quantum physicists had finally like validated the, if you like, opening sound of creation is a low-level, very, very low electromagnetic hum. And I loved it. It's cool. You know, it's like, mm, which is why, you know, in the humming effect, we talk about the fact that uh, in the Yoga Sutras... Uh, sutra 1.27 basically says something akin to, you know, the original sound of creation was pranava, the humming of prana. They had to give this a name, so they called it Om. Thank you for tuning in to The Awakening Code. Next week, we speak with Dr. Tracy Darling, and we hope you'll join us then.